This is the Educational Triage Podcast. Welcome. We invite you to come along with us on an exploration of interviews, issues, and other exciting and relevant topics in education, especially alternative education. They say alternative education is a laboratory for mainstream education. Why? Well, join us every week and listen in as Philip Summers and I, Tony Hunt, jump in feet first to discuss issues that may affect our classes, students, communities, as well as our teaching. Please subscribe if you enjoy and find relevance in what you experience here. And if you haven't left a quick review, please do. We appreciate your candor and insights so we can improve as we move forward. Now, let's see what's on board today. And welcome back, everybody, to another rousing edition of Educational Triage. This week, we are discussing whether or not we should have a national board of education that sets the standards for teacher education and certification, as well as in curriculum development and taking care of all the needs of all the states. So yep. it's all going to be lumped up into one sum. And to do yep. that, we have the gorgeous, the beautiful, the effervescent Philip Summers. Aloha. Yeah. How are you doing? Um, the National Federal School Board. Doing well. Doing well. I'm trying to wrap my, my brain around the entire idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've been to school board meetings. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Lily. <laughs> <laughs> so this was brought on when Tara Garcia and Matthewson was, we were ta- in discussing, and she talked about, well, about the need for one. And it got me to thinking about where are we in our thoughts on all this? And do we really want to have something that's more centralized as far as a school board? And originally you were going to take on the pro stance for a national school board. Um, Yeah, as if I was an advocate for let's have a federal school board, one of those things with with one superintendent, I can't be talked down into a board, <laughs> but one superintendent sort of above it, but then the board itself and the, and the superintendent board would be maybe two figures. I don't know. But yeah, it's a huge job. I started thinking about it and I thought, wow, we can't even agree on like the weather in a lot of ways. How are we going to have a federal school board? And what would that mean? So yeah, can I... Yeah. Can, can I start throwing things out as far as, and I don't mean into the bin. I mean, can I start throwing, tossing things into the air? Yeah. And we can start talking about those. Some of them are going to require maybe a little bit more than one or two minutes. And others are probably just going to be that just pretty ethereal because they're really quick ones. Um, If we had a national board of teachers standards, do you think that we would have better quality teaching? Ooh, that's a good question. National board. Well, we kind of have standards. Yeah, it's like I I was I went I got my degree. They said get a degree. I got my degree. I had to ch- I had to pass the CBAS and so I can't mm-hmm. remember some other national tests. NTE. I did right. a content 
uh, test. Um, and so I kind of figured those were like the standards I was going to meet. Now, as far as standards of teaching go, like content for teaching, that was always sort of like, it was always informally known, at least in the districts in the area that I was in that junior year was American history year. So given that, you know, I could put that in, you know, like this is junior English, that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, then you get to the alternative ed, then of course I was very flexible about how I got to the content, but and I you could, those were standards. Yeah. Okay. What? Well, you can, you can always manipulate the information in yeah. order to bring it to the students. It's the same information, but just in different manner. Correct. Yeah. It's it was not direct the, delivery. Yeah. It's, it's right. It wasn't a textbook. It was junior English, but it, I used American literature content because that was, or I'm sorry, junior, yeah, junior English was considered American literature content. So, yeah. And so, and actually, come to think of it, many times uh, social studies, um, the junior year was U.S. history, too. Ooh, my mind just went, oh, I can make a connection. <laughs> well, I could teach those both at the same time. Yeah. But, but let's take this back into context where standards, the regular teaching teacher training program, it's mm -hmm. it's pretty much regulated by the universities and by the state. It is. It so you have a standards and practices board at the state level, and they send their regulators and their people, and you have to do certain things, and the universities comply, and they help the those students who are going through their programs and trained to meet those. And there is also an agreement usually with a mentoring teacher. Mm -hmm. But do we need, if, if we went for a national, the difference between having your state license and a national license yeah. is that, and I remember this from when I was asked to get my national license by my mm -hmm. district, and there were binders full of things that needed to be done. But you also have, you not only have to go to meetings and you have to submit curriculum and you have to have, of course, agreements with the parents and with your students mm -hmm. because you have to videotape yourself. And so you go through peer reviews, you go through all kinds of different assessments in order to achieve this. Yes. And there are different assignments. So while you're a teacher, it's pretty intense. You're going to get people who are highly motivated to go through this process. It's not going to be every single teacher. And if you demand that every single teacher go through this process, then you're going to have to, one, you're going to have to up the pay a bit. I was going to say, yeah. Secondly, you're going to find yourself lacking a lot of teachers. You're going to have to do something because not every teacher is going to have the ability and the wherewithal to do what they have to do possibly for the state with the state standards and do this as well because it's going to cost them more money. Mm -hmm. And it's also going to be a huge, it's going to cost them more time. So how are you going to infuse that with the universities and with the states, maybe I'm conflating the two and maybe I'm getting all that mixed uh, up. I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, if you're going to ask more, 
from the training and ask more for the qualifications, you have to reward them. You can't just impose mm -hmm. that. Right. Um, and you're already going to, you're already going to presuppose that, that those teachers have an advanced degree in that material. And maybe that gets rid of, say, the Master of Arts in Teaching English or something where they actually have to have a master's degree in that field, and then they go for their state, for their national board. Ah, I see, yeah. I was just thinking too, it's interesting because uh, if you wanna teach at least, um, it's probably not blanket anymore, but it used to be in junior college, you wanna teach say history. Mm -hmm. uh, you had to have at least a master's in the subject of history. Right. Um, Whereby to teach history at the secondary level, I had to have a master's in teaching mm -hmm. with secondary social studies endorsement. Right. Social studies endorsement now. So it leads me to think, why, why was I getting the master's in teaching and somebody who's teaching at the college level just has the master's in the subject area? It seems to be a little bit cart before horse, but... A teacher is a teacher, as far as I'm concerned. I know content area people, but they don't teach it very well. So the qualifications for, say, a junior college professor or teacher, actually, wouldn't be a professor, seem to me to be sort of focused on the subject more than teaching. But what am I? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Right. Again, so qualifications and standards. Huh. You do have to have an advanced degree in order to teach at the university, unless you're yeah. teaching like a night course, that's maybe for one credit, maybe it's three credits, but then it has to be approved by the university in order to do it. Yeah. Adjunct. Yeah. Yeah. Adjunct. yeah. Especially in a community college, there's things you can teach for community college credit. Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily take a doctorate <laughs> in the subjects, but yeah, it, it's interesting. So yeah, we got that standard that, boy, it's going to play havoc on a bunch of the standards. And then, of course, the ripple effect through the curriculum of just teaching teachers because of a national board standards. Well, I think if they were smart, then what they would do is they would allow the attrition rate to pick up and they would just start with bringing in nationally yeah. certified teachers and not force everybody into it because then yeah. they would create, that would be, that would be so bogged down. I was just thinking about that system too. It would create such pay problems. It would be a huge cluster. Oh, it would be a major mess. It would. <laughs> and just creating the national school board would be. Yeah. Well, yeah, no one. Yeah. I, I, I think it's safe to say that not a lot of people trust the federal government to a great degree. There There's a lot of us that don't. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the expense, I think, would also be that it would generate would be astronomical. Well, we've already determined that, I would think, you know, just because of my favorite realization that alternative education is expensive and it's very effective. And mm -hmm. that's why it's expensive. It's not just a classroom full of kids and here's a book and a teacher. And, right. You know. But I'm talking about the national certification. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying as an analogy, it's just expensive. It is. It education. is. If you're going to have education costs money. Yeah. yeah oh, you do. You need more resources. So yeah, let's, yeah. Okay. Now there's a statement that says from those proponents of having a national board that 
there's going to be greater equity. Well, depending on what policies the national board comes up with, one would hope. Well, it's well ensuring that all students have access to high quality teachers, regardless of race, ethnicity, or socioeconomic mm -hmm. status. That doesn't mean that all their resources that they're working with mm -hmm. are going to be above par. You might have good teachers. That may be true, but sometimes even the best teachers can't overcome really bad working conditions. And if that's how you're going to gauge equity, no, because a national board should also be looking out for the standards of the environment, shouldn't they? And looking at the teaching environment, looking at the learning environment, shouldn't they be taking a look at all of that? Now, I'm going to I'm going to yeah. challenge this because yeah. we take a look and at large districts, and do they have? Let's take any big city district. Do they have any buildings or any learning environments that are below standards? <laughs> And who are those students who are relegated to those? And those are the students usually in the lower socioeconomic status. Yep. Correct? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. How is the national board going to address that? You can address one piece of equity, but just saying that teachers are all that matter. They're not all that matter. You can have incredible teachers, but if you have substandard materials and environments yeah. and the, you're not showing the respect for the, for the children or the mm -hmm. students or for the labor force, that's not going to last. Well, let's get back to an analogy. Let's make it a let's right. make it not a, a, a federal school board, but let's make it the school board of your local school. <laughs> you know, your, your school has its school board, and so when one of the schools, say it has three high schools in your district, sure. Uh, if one of those high schools has a serious problem with its facilities, in most cases, you'd think that they would renovate that rather rapidly through a levy or funding. Um, regardless. And so facilities across the three high schools would be kind of equal, um, which we hope would be true, very equitable. Um, I know for a fact I was in a district that was kind of well-to-do and there was two high schools and one of them got, strangely enough, got more money. But again, there you go. There's your problem with only two. But you would hope that they could do that federally. If you got one school district, you know, that's just, I mean, the schools are just falling apart. Those would be immediately remodeled, renovated, rebuilt, whatever it took. Um, and yeah, geez, I just don't know about that. That's very expensive and very coordinated, and very political. But what happens is that the wealthier schools have a better voice because those are the parents mm -hmm. that the board wants to align themselves with. So uh -oh. if rich daddy one says, you know, it would be really nice around here is if we could have these things. 
And poor daddy one says, it would be really nice if we could have these things. Well, we can't afford those things for you, poor daddy. But rich daddy, that's a really good idea. Let's see how maybe we can spend that money because if your kids are showcased, then we can bring, then that gives us better PR. It might bring us a better tax base, more people moving in. But poor daddy, I'm really sorry, but there's nothing in it for us. I mean, tell us politically what we get from from giving you a better standard of learning. Well, the whole the whole approach to your value to me versus poor daddy's value to me. Right. Yours is much greater. So guess who's going to get my attention? Guess Are who's you more willing to go greater? to rich daddy's barbecue or poor daddy's barbecue? Well, yeah, rich daddy. He offers many more resources to me and my district. I'd rather go to poor daddy's barbecue because the food's going to be a lot better and the people aren't going to be, well, you know. I give you that. But that I think that's why the political game is played so it's that, you know, those people that would go to that Rich Daddy's Barbecue are going to go there not for the great barbecue and the good company. They're going there for the favors. They're going they there are. for the, what can you do for me? Exactly. Because yeah, we, know, yeah. we know yeah. big city districts, we know that states, when they say that they are yeah. going out for equity, they leave so many kids in the dust and they, they don't really even look back. And then, they, and then they say, we really need this for them. So that's why a district that I worked for, when they received their ESSA funds, uh-huh. the closest that they got to actually having a teacher in the classroom, which is what they were supposed to be doing, was hiring one or two part-time paraprofessionals who would go between school buildings. Everybody else was either a teacher on special assignment who worked out of the district office and went around and worked with teachers or administrators. And that's where they took on, put all of their money. How that is acceptable, I don't know, because they're supposed to be looking towards equity. But they say, but look at who we hired. We have good diversity. I don't care about who you hired. Not really. As long as they can do their job, I care about yeah. what are the services that you're giving to the students that's going to enhance their learning experience so that they can Ooh. thrive. So that that actually gives me a point. Gosh, I hate really this doo-doo on the National School Board idea. But so you have the idea that equity is just hiring somebody of color. Let's say, you know, well, look, we hired them and they're not white. Mm -hmm. It's like, yay. Well, they're also kind of like Jim, who's very white. You know, it's like, why are you, you know, it's not like you hired a different type of person for the job per se. And the whole point is that um, when you're looking at equity across the board, you should be looking at different ideas and different approaches, not just skin color. And then at some point, it has to be not that, well, look at so-and-so, they're not white, they're this person, as in, hey, look at so-and-so, they're really great, they're going to really help the job, and uh, they're very competent and professional, you know, and so you kind of go, yeah, they happen to be, you know, Indian or African-American or whatever, but, you know, it's like, that's not the first thing we hired. 
And if you have a national school board, you might have that debate on, well, what's really equity? And it's like, well, that's not equity. Just hiring people that look different isn't equity. Well, see, in the national conversation, though, we are so caught up in appearances. Absolutely, yes. And we're not right. looking at, okay, so. Yeah, you're right. Uh, thank you. You're not you. supposed you said to it judge right. a book by its cover. <laughs> we're, we constantly look and grab at everything that glisters, but there is no gold. Yeah, it's like we have too many tall white men. Quick, get a bunch of brown short women. It's like like a scale. Like, what? It's like, no. Something. Yeah, something that's different. I mean, yeah, we're looking for diversity, but yes. we're also looking for the best <laughs> possible person for the job. Correct. And we're and yeah, because that's what we all want is that's what's equitable. You know, I worked hard. I got this degree. I will compete against anybody on my abilities and my inclinations. But, you know, don't judge me. Oh, too old, too tall, too this, too that. It's like, don't do that. That's that's so childish. And, yeah, it, mm -hmm. we have to see beyond those. You put it in that beautiful sense, which I still can't remember. Ah, oh, dang it. It was good. It was just like, yep, that's it. It's okay. more than just looking at the color. So let's move on to increased teacher motivation. We talked about that already. Yeah, that teachers who want to have the national certification would be far more motivated because it requires so much more work. Yeah. And not everybody has the capacity because, as we know, many teachers are parents. Some may be single parents. They don't have the wherewithal to do all the demands that are that are undertaken in order That's to have the true. national certification. It does put so We run into an equity issue with that as well. Right. So yeah. is it is it fair to everybody who wants to? And how do we make that happen? So does that mean you water it down? Or what do you do in order to keep it rigorous and move it on? The next one is increased professional development. I don't know about you, Philip, but I don't want somebody at the national level just telling me what I need for professional development. I was having a hard enough time at the district level. So. Well, because they don't know what we need for professional level, especially they in did. alternative ed, let alone mainstream ed. They never did I in alternative. I mean, so I just listened to the mainstream. And went, hey, that's a good idea. I stole what I could. Um, well, yeah, it. that's what you need to do. But <laughs> yeah. I'd, go to, I'd go to professional development yeah. and I'd see all the mainstream teachers rolling their eyes, twiddling their fingers, doing all kinds of activities that yeah. had nothing to do with what they were there for. Since the advent and of I would ask them, much worse. How, how relevant is this to you? And they'd say, it's not, it's because they would have listened. But still, it wasn't once or twice. I might have a couple of things that triggered, yeah, you know, some different thoughts and get, got my got my little rollers rolling in my head. But um, sometimes it's good for getting catchphrases, and everybody runs around using the same catchphrase, but none of it's internalized, none of it's used really. It's it's quite a balancing act to lead the horse to water and make them want to drink that stuff. Um, but well, sometimes don't waste people's time. Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> that water is just goo. Yeah, it's not, and it has nothing water. to do with with what we need. So we have to make it 
valuable and, and drinkable. And yeah, I'll sit around here and have a cup of this while I listen to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Not, don't tell me that that's great water there. I just, I'd rather just move on and do something valuable. The, the, <laughs> you know, there might be a greater acceptance around the country so that you would have more mobility with your teacher license. That might I, be something. That would be However, good. however, I have not heard of it happening. How about a clearinghouse for like nest, uh, like um, necessities? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, what's the word? Um, necessary, yeah. Um, staff, like, uh, is there a shortage of certain special ed? Of course, there's a shortage of special ed, social studies, mathematics, science. Mm-hmm. Where, where is that? Where is that shortage? What are you offering? Maybe a uniform salary? Because I've thought about moving to a couple places, but dropped the idea quickly when I found out they did not pay well at all. Well, I don't, if you had a uniform salary, let's say that you were moving from, oh, I don't know. Let's say that you're moving from Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah, to? To Los Angeles. I was going to say New York City or Los Angeles, California. And let's say that, let's say that, I know this is going to ding me in later years, but let's say that you're making 75,000 in Fargo. Now, 75,000 in Fargo, I'm going to, I'm going to just take for granted that that's a, that's a decent amount of money. It's yeah. 75,000 in Fargo is, you know, not, not too bad. Yeah. You can probably afford some good stuff there. In Los Angeles, twenty years ago, that might have been a decent amount of money for you to make around with. Today, no, no, it's no. not. It's just, uh, yeah, not when rents like, uh, yeah, housing so is. You can't so go with a national. Yeah. How do you? How do you? tell people that this is going to be the national salary when you have so many disparities in income and what income brings right. and and just the state just the regional economics are so different on the west coast we pay an extraordinary amount same thing with many cities on the east coast you go closer into the midwest and that starts to taper off a little bit. I mean, I remember my niece telling me what she was paying for rent for a waterfront condo in Chicago. And it blew my mind. I said, you've got to be kidding me. And she said, no. And so, and then she was in a different yeah. condo and she told me how much that was. And I thought, holy cow, maybe I should get a job in Chicago my money might actually go a little bit further. Really? In Chicago? People just don't... This was years ago, so I don't know if it's changed or not. Well, let's, you know, but you'd live in Chicago, and anybody who lives in the Midwest knows it takes a hearty soul for certain months of the year to function in that area. That's true. Anywhere east of the Cascades, I think. Yeah, it's just very cold there, and bitterly cold, and (laughs) People living in Quebec, I just freak me out. It's like, oh my God, it's the tundra. 
<laughs> See, then they freak the out air. because they say you have earthquakes, you have well, the heat, you have yeah. They're right. We do have those. We have all that smoke. Yeah. But yeah. So okay. So let's take a look. One just so that people know that being certified by the national board, um, students of the NBCTs. They scored higher on standardized tests. That's because usually those teachers are the ones who teach the higher level students. They are the teachers who are more motivated. They're the ones who they always put in front of the best students. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? You would think that they would want, you would want them in front of maybe some of the more challenged students. You would think that too, yeah. And you would also think, just the sidebar here, that you would actually have the data on who could actually pass those certain standards before they took the course. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> <I> mean, see, <honestly. laughs> but see, also, you would have national standards. I think we have, we've, we yeah. tried to make our way through those national standards. That's when we came up with the core the core curriculum, the core standards. Yeah. Yep. And we did that. And no what did we have? Left. We yeah. had, well, that began it, but I think we still had 14 or 19 states that did not participate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they suffered we, because the federal funding wasn't there. But is it right that we would have a board that would tell you in Lincoln, Nebraska, that your kids need to have the exact same schooling as another kid in the Bronx or in Miami Beach. Yeah, no. That, yes, you have the same standards, I mean, you but yeah. you can't have somebody on high in their ivory tower who probably never set foot in it regular mainstream classroom. They probably went to private schools all their life. Dictating what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable for teachers to be doing, for them to be teaching, and what standards different districts have. I worked for some school districts that were very much agrarian. Yeah, yeah. Agrarian or agrarian? Agrarian. Agrarian. Yeah, agrarian. Yeah, they were agrarian, and the needs for those students, well, many of them did go on to further their education. It's usually had to do with getting a degree having to do with agriculture because they were busy. Their families were busy raising hops. I know a family that owns vineyards, and so what are their kids doing? Enology. That's what they're going to college for. Oh, well, for for example, in Oregon, state of Oregon, every third grade curriculum or fourth, one of the the other, third or fourth, they study Oregon history for the whole year. Right. (laughs) It's the geography. It's the Oregon Trail. It's Mm -hmm. the gorge. It's, you know, it's all that stuff. And that's unique to Oregon. That's what Oregon does for its citizens. And why they don't do that later on to support that? For example, in American history, yeah, what was Oregon's 
how did Oregon take part in the Civil War? You're right. What were the ramifications of the Civil War in Oregon or You're Washington right. or You're South right. Dakota? Like the first, you know, who they don't mention that the first territorial governor was a racist from the South. And one well, of our first things was to ban black folks from even coming to the Oregon Territory because well, he wanted Pierce to ver- keep the trouble Pierce- out. Yeah. Pierce versus the Little Sisters of Oregon oh, in yeah. 26-27. Yeah. That's that it. was over the initiative of yeah. Governor Pierce being taken on, being backed, and the citizens of Oregon voting over with an overwhelming majority to ban any parochial schools that weren't yeah. Methodist, but... But <laughs> it was also endorsed by the Masons and the KKK. Yeah. And we can go on and on. And it's important that you're right, because this is where we live. It's not just that pre-pioneer, you know, we came, we saw, we conquered. It's that, what did we do in those days? And, and it's gotten much better. I mean, it's not that I'm dumping on Oregon. Everyone has to. Well, I don't know that it has. I think, I think it's performatively better i think it is i don't think it is much better oh i i I wouldn't argue i wouldn't want to get into the argument about it but i think things are better they're just not what they should be for sure it's like that's just insane and there's redlining and i mean i don't sure i could go i could go i used to teach this oregon history i actually kind of yeah was studying oregon face history and history african-american history for years so yeah it's fascinating. But, right. And so I think that what's important is yeah. that every region, every state is able to have flexibility and yeah. customization according to what their what the needs of their, I'm going to call them audience, actually is. Yeah. And I think if you want to be equitable, you start teaching all of it, you, you know, if you want to. And, and tell me if I am wrong. But weren't there people screaming out about how nationalization was a really bad thing? And yes. now they're saying that we should have a national, a federal board of education that that oversees everything. I can't think of anything more nationalist or to start building nationalism than that. Yeah, that you and I both know. Um, a lot of people think that education is kind of innocuous kind of like oh yeah i need to do it whatever i don't remember anything the fact is you've got a lot of imprinted stuff on the front lobe of your brain and you just don't see past it you see through it constantly right right (laughs) so we need to take a look at all these factors because what Mississippi needs, what Louisiana needs, what Oregon needs, what California needs, Arizona, New Mexico, Ohio, Iowa. It's all different. Levels of support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's, it's all different. I, I would like humanity to come together in a sort of a course of intellectual wisdom and um, benevolence <laughs> toward children and come up with a system that's you know, sane, but it's become, you know, kind of prone to the uh, human nature of a little bit of corruption, too many administrators, um, you know, some curriculum is a little indoctrinated. Some people want to fight like the truth, 
which is like, yeah, you know, I mean, if I'm going to teach history, I'm not going to just do the old cherry apple tree, George Washington thing. Right. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. I mean, if it happened, people want to know it happened. And it's not that I did. Sure. It's a story. <laughs> Nobody what, I know did what it. Story, yeah. What story is interesting if it's always a bed of roses, even Amelia Bedelia and George right. and Martha. But Bambi, for goodness sake. I mean, that devastated many a child. Which Bambi, one? Bambi. Lost, her, oh, lost his mother. Yeah. I think Bambi a male. I think Bambi Old Yeller. Old Yeller. Oh. oh. The red sun grows. I mean, right some of these classics. <laughs> Brian's song. Oh, God. <laughs> I never heard of Brian's song until the movie came out. So. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, everybody had to read the book. So okay, <laughs> it was so. But you know what? It's kind of like we needed that in the moment. What a black man and a white man can be really, really I'm close so. and love each other? No way. <laughs> well, see, I lived. I lived in what people would have called Hicksville when that movie came out back in the oh, day. I lived in here in beautiful. And everybody just thought <laughs> nobody really talked about nobody there talked about the fact that it was a black man and a white man. Yeah, that was about the how they were two really, they were different, but they were, you know, it was about the bonding of a friendship. Well, that was exactly the beauty of it, too. I mean, when you think about it, it gave a lot of comfort to some people. It just that it's a black and a white man. But generally speaking, you looked past it. And that was the best part because they weren't black and white. They weren't black and white men. They were two football players. Right. And that was the genius. And we can't really relate to football players, but they're in a different group. So we saw them as that different group. And it, it was actually well, pretty genius because you overlooked the, the race on it all. It was terrific. <laughs> so let's move on to community involvement. Yo. If you right. have a nationalist, or I, sorry. Who, who's the if we have a federal school okay. board. Not a nationalist, but better. Nationalist. How do they. How do they take into concern what Ooh. the community needs and how the community can be involved? Isn't the foundation of a school district to have local control? Yes. So how do you have local control on a federal level? I mean, is, is that a gigantic meeting? Well, you just have, you have board of education agents, I suppose that would oversee. That oh, sounds a little it sounds a little dystopian, but it also sounds um, a little nationalist. Yeah, I mean, information would crawl through the pipeline. Well, it it wouldn't crawl; it would ooze. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what I was thinking too. It ooze. It really wouldn't crawl. It would not move at a very rapid rate, and so you're just looking for. <laughs> You're just looking for all kinds of dysfunction. Oh, so, yes. Also, response to change. Oh, well, there goes that. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, yeah. So how do you how do you respond to changes? Rather than having a federal mandate telling you what that you can respond to. A federal. Mandate. Every. Think of it this way. Every school is a biome. I agree. I like that. Every school has the inner workings of a cell, in a sense. 
you have people who are the mitochondrion. They're the ones that, you know, the cheerleaders, the, the people who like keep people going. You have the vacuoles. You have the endoplasmic reticulums. You have the nucleus. You have the Golgi bodies. You That's have the all these. That's the thing that gets people. rid of the waste. We don't, we don't right. You have, jammers. you just have all these, but you have different components there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the DNA is pretty much the same. That, you know, and, but. I think you're right. You have all these different components, but hmm. cells work independently. Yes, they split off, but. They all work independently and they create a body of something. But there are different kinds of cells because yeah. each one of those cells takes care of the community that it was that it was created to serve. Well, you know, and it just occurred to me my favorite little meme that Dunbar's number of a hundred or less. Mm -hmm. It's like the smaller the organism, you know, like the less can go wrong. Atoms don't get cancer. They're simply atoms, you know. They're not complex enough to get cancer, per se. Well, they don't have cells. Exactly. That's precisely what it means, you know. They're so the more complicated an organism, the more prone they are to having dysfunctional things happen. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's just, I don't think it can work. I mean, just I'm doing the number thing and I'm thinking it's just, it's sort of like in a contradiction with itself to be local control, yet nationally controlled, uh, easily accessible by citizenry, yet held in Washington, D.C. Hmm. Yeah, and the list goes on. It I don't know if it could be in Washington, D.C. Oh, good point. Good point. If it was federal, then it doesn't have to be. It could Maybe be it was out of Denver. I was going to say Denver in the middle there. Because that's more central. True. That would be good. And, it, and that way would, you could respond to change. In fact, the capital should probably be in Denver, but don't listen to me. Um, yeah. What about accountability? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about that too earlier. What would stop a... Um, you know, any state to say, you know, we just don't want to follow that anymore. We're going to just do our own thing now. <laughs> well, we do have states' rights, right? Yep. I guess there, Mr. Supreme Court guy, 10th Amendment, you're absolutely right. It's not expressly written in the Constitution. So, yeah, they can do what they want. Mm -hmm. Which begs the question, is it even feasible to try to even build a federal department? Or, or I'm sorry, a school board, federal school board. Now, the odd thing is, is that when I started looking and questioning all these factors, it seems as though people will still say it would only be fair for every state to be getting the same amount of money per child across <laughs> across the country and we know that in Oregon that not every district gets the same amount of money per child mm -hmm. we know that there are districts who receive more money and even within those districts there are schools that receive more money because they have rich daddy yeah, that's and right. poor and not quite as rich daddy don't really 
they're not as sexy. They don't release the same pheromones that Rich Daddy <laughs> has. You That's know, that yeah. makes it more attractive. There's a fact. So nobody, wants, nobody really wants to snuggle up to poor daddy and not so rich daddy. They want to snuggle up to big rich daddy. Everybody wants something. Everybody's looking for something. They say. Everybody sees that yeah. <laughs> Everybody's so, looking for something. so what do you think would be... So with these inequities, they keep talking about equity when they don't do it. So what would be the solution to stopping what I'm going to call equitable corruption? Oh. <clears throat> Claiming equity, but that's because you've backshelved what you really need to be focused on. Again, what's equity? I mean, what's the, I know what the definition is in my opinion. Um, in my opinion, asking. it is giving everybody the yeah. same opportunities. Yeah. With the same resources. Same resources and opportunities, yeah. And making sure that everybody is able, and this is not equity of outcomes. This yeah. is, this is me ensuring yeah. that despite disadvantages that you've had and taking you where you are no matter what time of your life you are in your school career mm -hmm. that I am able to help you and gain the knowledge that you need in order to be successful when you walk through those doors at the end of your career mm -hmm. did that make sense? That makes sense yeah I mean that's it's not about outcome. It's about just the opportunities that you get and the resources that are focused to help you out. Yeah. And they're never, the gonna, you know, it's really, you're never going to get everything you need, but if there's an equal quote playing field, you know, that if, you know, if, if you, you can't this, read, this will happen. Yeah. If you can't read above a third grade level, we need to make sure that you can read above that third grade level. And we should have the resources focused for that to go, look, this person can't read above a third grade level and that's a unique situation. However, and how you do that, how do you do that while respecting, while respecting you and not making you feel as though I'm taking you out because you're less than, because we know pullouts don't always work. Um, I'm just, I'm generically speaking about a high schooler for that matter, but you're right. Pullouts don't work. So why would the school system be set up for pullouts to be part of the system? Ah. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm not for pullouts, but I'm, I'm just wondering how would you do that in a school system where you weren't, where other kids aren't saying, what are you doing? Why weren't you in math today? Why weren't you in English? How come you're doing a different English? Oh, let me see your English. Yeah. Oh, dude, we did that like five years ago. What's wrong with you? you know? smaller and they don't, don't put them in those situations. Then we won't have to worry right. about them. Yeah, which takes a whole revamping of our frame of mind, but it's true. We just think of schools as, well, that's the way we have to fit that. Everything goes in that one box. It's like, no. I mean, alternative ed shows you throw away the box. I well, mean, yeah, it's not a process facility. 
It's not. And the, and the schools they build, I've seen so many been built since, gosh, just the last two years. And I'm thinking, gosh, they're just, they are literally boxes. They're awesomely oh, yeah. huge. It's like, holy cow. Like, mm-hmm. You walk in there and it's like, I get lost. I'm an adult who's been in like so many different buildings. You, you can't hardly confuse me. And yet I can get confused constantly <laughs> going into new buildings. But what are they going to do? Because the population isn't exactly blossoming. Yeah. If anything, we're almost at a ZPG. Zero population growth. I mean, we're not getting the numbers. That The numbers have slowed. Yeah. So what do you do when you don't have the kids to fill the buildings? That's my question. Exactly. There the system is now failing us again because it's not flexible or responsive enough. And they're also running into maintenance problems because they can't retain their maintenance staff. Well, yeah, I mean, if that's part of the same downtrend, I couldn't couldn't say. But if you're devaluing people across the board, they would fall across the board. So, yeah, it's not, it's expensive to, to educate kids, to educate is. people, really. Education is expensive. Yeah. But, geez. We're, Just because your kid doesn't need all these things doesn't mean that somebody else doesn't need them. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. mean that we're giving them the iPhone 19 right. of something, but we're giving them their basic rights. Because don't do, do, I mean, I know that people like from the John Birch Society will say, you are not guaranteed the right to an education, but you are guaranteed the right to have a successful future. You know, that's, that may be the silliest way of saying that I just don't want to give you something because... Mm -hmm. We need an education. We created this stuff, AI, computers. We're riding them. It's like out of control. If we don't educate ourselves, it's like the world's been dictated to us and we won't belong in it. It's very strange, but computer changes, things change so quickly. And AI is, is so befuddling to so many of us, you know? We have to be educated just to function in the world we've created. It's not just a matter of making your way by cutting wood and hauling water literally to the village to make a few extra bucks. It's like there's expenses to living in a modern world. And education is a very good expense. It does really great things. Um, And the expenses aren't necessarily monetary. Exactly. That's true, too. Teachers, yeah, you and I were like, we got in the soapbox about it, but we believe in it. I believe that education really still is the one powerful thing that no one can ever take from you, ever. Exactly. And on that note, I will say, we will see you next week when we have something very special for you. So make sure that you stay tuned. And until then, Philip, thank you so much. And everybody else, have a fantastic week, and we will see you then. Bye-bye.